Hello, hello, good morning, good afternoon, good night. How's everybody feeling? Fixing my microphone here. Get closer to my face. Get in here. Get in my face. What's up? It's uh, Thursday morning. I keep thinking it's Friday. It's not Friday. It's Thursday. Um, I sound nasal. I drank last night like an idiot. I was feeling good yesterday. Well, the the Ballyhoo album was almost done. I'm um, getting excited. You know, I feel like it's right around the corner here. I'll be finished listening to the mixes and everything's sounding a lot better than it did. You know, I was kind of feeling down about some of the mixes um, and uh, got back in there and did some tweaks and things are starting to sound a lot better. So feeling a lot more closer to done and that made me happy. So had a good day yesterday, did my live stream. Let's hang out. Thank you everybody for watching my live stream last night, whoever tuned in. We've been getting a lot more people, which is nice been uh been pretty cool like we, we we've had uh i think we had almost 130 people watching between facebook and youtube and um that's the most i've ever had so thank you guys i feel it growing uh shout out to the 311 cruisers that are tuning in i know we had a bunch of them after the cruise so thank you um and thanks everybody that's reaching out about these acoustic private parties um been great i've been sifting through everything it's a lot of work you know just, I'm, I'm just doing this by myself so uh, i'm trying to get back to people so I, if i haven't got back to you I'm, I'm sorry and uh i know there's like that whole message request section of facebook messenger and i keep forgetting to hit that i'm seeing like old messages so i'm trying to stay on top um but yeah we're locking in some dates uh, i have more dates available um that i'm kind of filling in around the dates i already have so you know, making little weekends out of some of these. So <clears throat> if you need an acoustic guy to sit in the corner and be weird while you guys drink beers and eat wings, uh, hit me up. Um, doing a lot between now and the next time Bally, who's going to tour. So, uh, so my last episode, um, I posted a question. What should I talk about next? Actually, it's, I put what should I talk about next because my fucking autocorrect is a is a dick. So um, what should I talk about next? And uh, I got some responses, so I figured I would do an episode about responding to your questions. So how about that? Let's uh, let's see what's happening. What's happening? Uh, what's happening? Oh my god! What's happening? Big D chiming in there. It's always good. Uh, okay, so the first one, in no particular order here, I'm just going to read from top to bottom. Um, so I guess that is a particular order. Uh, Jake Bertrand says, I love all the behind the scenes stuff, the good and bad details of the latest tour, the struggles and triumphs of writing and recording the latest album, any stories from the cruise, love the pod, peace sign. Um, yeah, he listened to my last episode. The last episode was a little, little deep, a little heavy, just kind of, I, I titled it Dear Diary. It's me again. Um, it just felt like a journal entry, something I would normally write in private to just work my thoughts out. You know, journaling is super fun and cool. Everyone should do it. <clears throat> it's kind of like therapy. You can work out, 
um, things that are on your mind. And uh, I think everybody should do that. You'd be surprised the solutions you'd come up with. Okay. Um, <clears throat> any stories from the cruise? Well, the cruise was awesome. Thank you to 311 for having us. Thanks to everybody for watching our sets. We did uh, four sets. We played um, the big the big rooms. We did the pool deck, the atrium, and the theater, Stardust. And we did a uh, an early afternoon um, storytellers set, like acoustic. Kind of played some old songs that had some cool little stories attached to them. So that was that was really neat. That was fun. Turned out good. Um, so stories from the cruise. Uh, it's just it's kind of a blur, man. It's like I do remember drinking shitty mixed drinks on the beach. Um, we hit the we had two beach days. We were we were in Belize on one day. I think that was the Friday and Saturday in uh, Honduras we went to Roatan and gorgeous spots of course um expensive drinks as we all expected um and we so we did the one thing we did the drinking out of a coconut um, they're selling coconuts and cut a hole in them and you're you're drinking you know rum drinks and the first one I got I mean it was 16 bucks so 32 because I have a wife um, and, uh, the first one was great because they poured the, I guess it was coconut water and then they just fill it with rum after that. And I was like, yo, hit, hit that a little more, hit that a little more, please. I was nice. I said, please. Um, and he's like, Hey, and they were very cool. They were like, Hey, like, let me know if you want some more, just, you know, and we'll even, if you want to come back later, we'll, we'll chop it in half and you can like eat eat the rest of the coconut, you know, the, the rum, rum soaked coconut portion. So that was very nice of them, um, for 16 bucks and, uh, still wasn't enough. Like you can't tell how deep the, um, how deep the, the coconut is, you know? So it was, it was hard to tell. It was like impossible to tell the ratio of coconut water to rum and wasn't enough. I wasn't buzzed at all. Um, and then I'm like, all right, I'm gonna try try a different drink this time. So I got a margarita and it was all sour. That was from a different bar. And then went to another bar after that and wait, all the lines were, it took forever. The service was awful. <laughs> um, everybody works really slow there. I guess it's island time. And by the time like I still had, I was waiting in line for almost a half hour and I was still like three or four people ahead of me. So I just left, I left the line. I was like, oh, I'm not doing this anymore. Um, so my, my rule now is going to be stick to beers, stick to beers and hard liquor. <laughs> if you want to get drunk out there on the island, um, unless you want to pay a lot of money, right? So try to get the bang for your buck. Go for what you know is going to do the trick. Those are my... That's my little tip for um, for island drinking at these resorts because it's super expensive and the alcohol ratio doesn't add up. <clears throat> um, I uh, 
met a lot of people on the cruise, um, saw a lot of people I had already met years before that. Like the 311 Nation is huge and um, it's a tight knit community. So you see a lot of people at the shows. And we started playing with 311 in 2008. So, um, you know, since then it, we've just been, uh, we have a, a big fan base within the 311 fan base, which is awesome. Um, there's, there's lifers, like 311 creates lifers. And that's what I want Ballyhoo to do is create lifers. So, um, but then we met a lot of new people, which was great. People that hadn't seen us before. Um, and it was funny too, because on, on the pool deck, I think I said, who's never seen us play before? And it really wasn't that many people. It was like, most of the people there had seen us play at some point. And I just thought that was really cool. So, you know, and it's, it's great to have like new people, um, checking you out and hopefully, and I think by the third set, by the third, uh, well, not the third, it was like a, technically the fourth set, the, um, the last set that we did on the boat in the atrium, I remember asking like, all right, if you don't like us by now, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Cause it was just, you know, we'd, we'd done four sets at that point. And, uh, yeah, if you don't like our band by now, you're probably never going to like our band, but seems like we got a great response and, um, you know, a lot of our music is rooted in, you know, 311 influences. So I think people dig us because we have a fresh take on that stuff. Um, but it was great. Uh, a good memory I have of oh, this hilarious, um, it's a long winded answer. Um, a, a good memory I have is, uh, so there were a ton of, bands that we knew were, were all homies with most of the bands that played this time which was sick and so we're all like side stage watching tropodelic and tropodelic just had like feature fest it was just every song was like a someone from another band jumping up there and hitting a verse you know um and so uh i was waiting for my turn and um <clears throat> i think brandon went before me be hard from uglies and uh it was funny. He was, he was waiting. And then Nick Hexum walks up and he's got his mic in his in-ears and he's wearing a really nice shirt and his hair looks great as always. And I was like, Oh, what's up, man? Gave him a hug. <clears throat> he's like, I'm about to sing. I was like, all right. I mean, I could tell, I, I don't know why he said that. I was like, I could tell you're about to sing. You got your, your ears in, you got your mic in your hand. I don't think you just walk around the boat like that, you know? Um, so I was like, all right, cool. So I left him alone, you know? And it was funny because Brandon Hardesty is standing right there by the steps to the side stage to get up. And Nick's waiting for his cue to go up on this tropodelic song. And there it was, he starts walking and Brandon is in his way and everyone starts yelling at Brandon, get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> Dude move, move, get the fuck out. And I, I like, I reached, I was like, yo, Brett, I was like, I was like pushing him. I put, I grabbed his back and like pushed him out of the way. <laughs> and Nick's like trying to get through. So he, so Nick goes up on stage and we're all dying. We're all laughing at Brandon and Brandon's dying too. Brandon's laughing. So Brandon, Brandon won't be the butt of the joke. He's, he's right in on it as well. He's laughing. <clears throat> and he's like, he turns around and looks at all of us. He's like, Holy shit. I feel stupid. I feel like 
the king is trying to walk by and I'm just blocking and we all just, we died. It was so funny. So that was, that was a good memory. Um, and uh, the soft serve, don't forget the soft serve and washy washy. Those are my, those are my cruise memories. I'm drinking my second cup of coffee. I didn't sleep well last night. I'm very tired. You can hear my voice. I'm supposed to sing today on another song, but I don't know if I can do it. Um, <clears throat> next up, we got Jay Lewis. Thanks, Jay. Love you, man. Jay's been following for a long time. He's been supporting the band for years, man. Over a decade. So thank you, dude. Um, he says, how does someone make money off their art as a career to support themselves? How did you know when the time was to quit the regular job? I want to know how to work for myself and not someone else. I love this question. Uh, okay, so this is, uh, well, let's unpack this. How does someone make money off their art as a career to, to support themselves? Um, the thing about this, the thing about the arts, man, the thing about a career as a creative is you just need to create. You need to start and just just do it right so what by the so by the time uh people do take notice your product is good and tried and true and you've been through it and you've polished it you know and this it doesn't have to be perfect when it goes out by the way i'll hit that next but what i'm saying is like you're putting in the work you're putting in the time and by the time people really start taking notice um you've got a cool product because you've been doing it so much because hopefully you love it and you're not just trying to make money. If you're just trying to make money, you know, as a creative or in the arts, it's not really going to work out for you. You have to really want it. And I know you've been doing this a long time, Jay. So I, I follow your posts. So um, that's, that's really what it is. Like, I know you love the shit. Um, so as far as making it a career, it's just something that happens over time. It's, it's just like anything else. Like I read this book, um, I read this book called The Compound Effect. And I think about it every day, believe it or not. I think about this, this book every day. The basic message is, um, I'll give you an example. Like if you eat Oreos every day of your life for 40 years, okay, um, you're going to get some fat on you. You're going to get some, you know, you're not going to be, maybe your teeth are fucked up, you know. Um, if you work out every day of your life for 40 years, you're going to be jacked. You're going to be swole. You're probably going to be feeling good all the time, right? So think about that. Like, it's the compound effect. It's the same thing with art. If you just keep making the art, you're going to get better at it. And people are going to take notice. And you'll be able to monetize it at some point. And getting to the, you know, how did you know when it was time to quit the regular job? Um, you'll just feel it because you, the whole thing is like, you have to, you monetize as you, you know, as you go. Um, I hate to say do some things for free, but you kind of have to. But there's a, there is a point where you realize your worth, your value, and you charge people, you know? The worst thing is having a friend or something come up and say, hey, let me get that for free. You know, it's like, yo, no, like pay for it. Like support, support your friends, you know, just like any other business. Um, and so like, okay, like I did with the uh, the YouTube channel. 
Um, I've worked my ass off, made a bunch of videos, got monetized. And then now people, when I do my live stream on Wednesday nights, um, it's not required, but you know, it's nice when people throw me super chats or buy memberships for other, other, other chatters. Um, and so they're like tipping basically. So it's like, that's, that's a, that's a part of monetization of, of my art. Um, I created t-shirts based around my brand, my art. Um, I create art. I draw things, you know, I sell that on Shopify. I made a store, you know? Um, so that's what you need to do. Like I would say, you know, whatever your product is. Um, and I think it's, I think you're doing music, Jay. Just start posting it, man. Start telling people to check it out and it's going to take a while. You're not going to get a lot of people, you know, it's, uh, I've seen, I've, I had a guy that I was uh, sort of training for a while um, over, you know, over the pandemic, we were doing a Zoom, like um, consultations, basically, how to grow as an artist. And one of the things I told him was like, dude, just start posting you playing guitar, because that's what he does, he plays guitar. Just start posting yourself playing guitar to different songs or backing tracks or whatever, you know, and just put it up there. Just don't, don't worry about how it looks, how it sounds, just get it up there. And now a couple of years later, he's got people watching him. There's people paying attention. He gets more likes, he gets more views. Um, his, his, his videos look better than they used to, you know, because you just get, you, you're, you're paying attention. You, I think you should watch your stuff, listen to your stuff and see what you can do better. Just like a football player when they're done with the game, they watch the reel at the end because they want to see the mistakes they made. How can they improve? That's what we should be doing. I watch our live clips when I see them on Instagram, YouTube, whatever. I listen to our music a lot. There are artists that will say, I don't listen to my own shit. Well, I listen to my own shit. You know why? Because I'm proud of it for one, but two, because I want to know what I can do better next time. So it's the same thing. It, there's, there's fundamentals to this shit. You know, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter what you're doing. It's like, it's all about just consistency, frequency, you know, um, and the willingness to, to, to learn and never uh, rest on your laurels and never be comfortable. You know, just always be trying to do something else. Always be trying to get better. Always be willing to learn. Yeah, and you know, I wanna know how to work for myself and not someone else. That's how you do it. The flip will happen. Eventually, eventually, and eventually is different. It can be months, it can be years, it can be decades. You know, it took me decades to, to really, to really make this a, uh, you know, I, when I quit my job in 2013, I was on tour for seven years, but I, my band was, uh, my band was like, what is, what is that? Like 20, almost 20 years. It was like 18 years old at that point, you know? So it takes time, you know? But that's also because I didn't know how to tour. I didn't know, how to, I just didn't know what to do with myself. And nowadays, like YouTube and, you know, podcasts, you can really get a lot of cool advice. Um, so maybe could have happened sooner, but it just is what it is. Um, and I don't know if I had the confidence. I don't, maybe I didn't care about the confidence, maybe, but I remember just going for it, you know? So yeah, man, it'll happen. You just have to stay with it and always be trying to be better. Uh, Debs, Debs with a Z. Thank you for your, for your question. 
how and when did you decide, do you decide to tour? How do you determine where to go? Least favorite thing about your job? Do the other guys in the band have side gigs like you? Um, how and when do you decide to tour? Well, it's just one of those things like, you know, we played enough around Baltimore area, the whole Delmarva area. We, you know, we were doing Delaware, we were in like Northern Virginia, Baltimore, we were playing locally here, like Havity Grace, Perryville. And it was just, it got to a point, it was like, okay, this is great, but we really need to figure out how to get more fans. <laughs> and we wanted to tour, you know, but we didn't really necessarily, we didn't know how like we should do it. Um, our buddy's dad let us borrow his van and we hooked up with uh, Rude Buddha and Can't Hang. And we did like five days down to the Carolinas. Um, I want to say North Carolina and maybe Virginia. And it was like, it blew my mind. It opened, it opened my mind. I was like, oh, this is how you do it. Like you just get in a van, you know, obviously there's more to it. I'm simple. I'm oversimplifying. Um, but get in the van, you know, um, we had a taste. And so we did our first national tour in April of 2006. So one guy from each band, there were three bands on the tour, Ballyhoo, Rude Buddha, and 33 West, all, all from DC. Um, and so one guy from each band took like a third of the tour and focused on booking shows. And then we strung it all together. And we had six weeks um, out to Texas and back down to Florida. You know, we did like Midwest, we did like Michigan and, um, you know, all out there and up to the Northeast as well. We, we covered a lot of ground. We just didn't, we didn't get to California or Colorado. Um, and it was amazing. We, we got paid nothing. We lost a ton of money, thousands of dollars. The van caught on fire. We had to get like a new, uh, I don't know if it was the same tour, if it was another tour, but yeah, we like had to replace um, an axle on our trailer. Like there, it was just crazy. There were so many nights we didn't get paid. We got paid. There was one night in Boston where we got paid the, the entire tour got paid 15 bucks. So each man got $5. <laughs> oh man, that was crazy. What a, what a mess. What an awesome time but we learned a lot. So you just get, uh, you just get out of town. As far as how do you determine where to go? Um, you just, the, what I say is like, reach out to bands in those areas that you want to go. Um, and I would suggest like growing outward every time, like just make your circle bigger every time. So like, you know, if, if we're from Maryland, right, which we are, uh, we would, we would want to go to like Philly New York City, um, Northern Virginia, maybe Virginia Beach. You know, those are the places that I would start if I was doing this all over again. And then the next one, on the next run, I would do, you know, I'd want to go to Cleveland and then Boston and, you know, so in Pittsburgh, like we would grow out maybe, you know, uh, Raleigh or Wilmington, North Carolina, Charleston, until, you know, until you're down to Florida and it's just, you're getting bigger. Then all of a sudden you're out in, uh, St. Louis, and then you're in, you're in Denver, 
and then eventually California. It's, it's, it's just every time you're hoping that you're out there at the merch table, meeting people, you're putting on the sickest show ever, the best shows you can put on. You're putting your best foot forward as far as your recordings, making sure you're working with a good producer, somebody who knows what they're doing, like me, hit me up. Um, and uh, you're reaching out to bands in those areas to do swaps. So like you say, um, hey, uh, we're going to come up to Boston. We would love to you know, open for you guys in Boston. And then if you guys want to come down to Maryland, we'd love to have you guys open up for us in Maryland. So it's called a gig swap. And that's kind of, that's like a 90s thing. Um, but I think it still works today. It's the same thing. It's like you're, you're making friends with another band, you're building relationships, and then you're also getting in front of their crowd, you're putting them in front of theirs as, as a thank you. Uh, we had a band, we put them on a huge show here in Baltimore one year, and they were supposed to return the favor and put us on a big show in their area, and they ghosted us. It's pretty fucked up. Um, <clears throat> but we don't talk anymore. Um, so anyway, uh, yeah, so that's, I would say, and, and you want to work with bands that are like similar to you, not exact, you know, most likely you're not going to find the band that's exactly like you. Everybody's got different flavor, but find a band that's in your, in your genre because you want to play for those people. You want to play to your crowd, you know? Um, least favorite thing about your job, least favorite thing about my job, um, probably being away from home, um, just the nature of what I do, being away from home is probably the hardest thing. Uh, so that's there for sure. That's definitely up there. Um, but probably also just the, like, I love, I love to grind, you know, that's just what I do. I just love grinding, but there's sometimes it, there's, it feels sort of masochistic. It feels, uh, um, yeah, it just feels like unnecessary, like gratuitous grinding sometimes. Like, it's just like, this is not like, it's what I signed up for, but it's not what I signed up for. Like unnecessary punishment kind of sucks. I'll tell you, going to the merch table um, and having a drunk dude spit on you for five minutes and tell you the same story over and over and high five you constantly, that gets annoying. <laughs> um, yeah, we're we're at a point like we're doing the VIP packages now. So we're really not going to the merch table anymore. And that's not to say that we don't ever, sometimes we do. Um, but it's not like a requirement anymore. We did that for 15 years. We went to the merch table every single night, met a lot of cool people and met a lot of annoying people too. Um, but it was part of the job, you know, but nowadays it's like, I can't be out there talking and drinking with people. Like I got to take care of my voice. I got to get rest. And especially when I'm on like a 40 date tour, you know? Um, so that, that can be a real pain in the ass. So I'm glad we're not really doing that as much anymore, but grab a VIP package. We're going to hang out, take pictures, play songs, cut up your t-shirts, all that fun shit. Uh, do the other guys in the band have side gigs like you? Um, not really. Uh, well, Sebastian plays like every night he lives in St. Pete and he's, he's a musician. That dude plays pretty much every night uh, with a different band. 
covers and things like that. <clears throat> That's how he pays his bills. Um, he's a good dude. He's a sick musician. So uh, if anybody needs any um, any advice on how to how to get into that shit, you guys should hit him up because uh, I'm sure he's, he can drop a lot of knowledge on you. Dude plays all the time. Um, yeah, the other guys, uh, I don't think so that I know of. Um, Nick was doing some uh, YouTube stuff. Check out Nick's YouTube channel, Nick Lucera, our bass player. He'll do like bass playthroughs every now and then. Um, let's see. <clears throat> I've been trying to get Scott over the years to like build spreadsheets. Like he's he's always kind of been like the the business guy handling the money, like the financials and things. And he's built some spreadsheets that are ridiculous with formulas and all kinds of shit that I'm like, bro, you need to sell that shit, you know? I'm always trying to get people to like monetize their stuff unsolicited. Uh, Debs, thanks for the questions. Um, okay, let's see. Ben Ho Honstein. I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, your favorite venues to play at, your songwriting process. I love how you cross over genres, different genres. Look forward to the new album. Thank you very much, sir. Favorite venues to play. Um, I love playing Janice Live in St. Pete. It's outside. It's usually great weather. Um, the people are nuts. The town is cool. Just got a good vibe there. And the green room's good. And the stage, the whole production, the lighting, the sound, everything is great there. Like you can really put on a great rock show there. So I love playing Janice Live. I think all of us would say the same. Um, I did play Red Rocks with Brandon Hardesty and my brother Donald Spangler. Um, we did a little acoustic opening thing, played like six songs um, opening for Expendables and the movement a couple of years ago, and that was awesome. But I want to get back there and play with the band. I think once the band plays there, that's going to be the new favorite place to play <laughs> over Janice, you know? Um, but yeah, we definitely got some spots. Uh, I like playing the catalyst in Santa Cruz. Um, I really actually enjoyed playing, uh, the slide bar in Fullerton, California, Orange County is this little, little spot owned by the lit guys. Um, I think they sold it, but the shows used to be crazy. The stage was small. Everybody was packed in there. I like shit like that. I like those punk rock shows, you know? Um, songwriting process, man, this could be a whole episode on its own. Um, I just, I write all the time. I'm, I'm always, it's kind of a, it's a, it's a beautiful curse. I'm always writing in my head and I have tons of weird humming and mumbling and guitar licks and stuff on my voice memos. Um, randomly I'll think of while I'm driving or while I'm, you know, at a, a school function with my kids. Like it doesn't matter where I'm at. It just drops and I have to record it. You know, I, and there have been many times where I'm like, it's middle of the night. I'm trying to sleep and I can't get this riff out of my head and I'm too lazy to get out of bed. I just want to go to sleep. I'll remember it tomorrow. It's fine. And then I'll forget it. And I'm like, damn it. That was a hit song, you know? Um, so I try to always record all my voice memos. There's a couple the other day, actually, that I can't remember what they were, but I remember them being cool. I'm so glad I recorded them. I need to go back and visit those, actually. Um, 
Yeah, and and I just uh, I'll make demos. I'll open up Pro Tools and I'll just start making demos of my ideas, and then eventually bring them to the guys and say, "Hey, we're gonna do this." And um, sometimes the songs will be note for note what I did. Uh, and sometimes we'll change things. We'll add a bridge. You know, sometimes we'll go, you know, hey guys, here's the here's the basic arrangement it needs an intro or we need a bridge or a cool outro or i need a good guitar solo here or like we need a drum break or we need to do a, a post-hardcore metal breakdown after this ska punk part you know that that's the the beauty of songwriting is that there are no rules and you know there there are definitely rules if you want to be in a if you want to be a pop artist there's a formula you know um, I have my formula, uh, which is typically verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, solo, chorus, you know, typical. The band usually knows where I'm going now. It's pretty funny. But we do try to mix it up. And I think like, even if you have the same progression for the entire song, Brain Stew, for example, um, there are others I just can't think of any right now. Um, uh, Garden Grove. Same progression, never changes, but it feels different. It's cool. You don't notice it. And the, then the song's over. You know, it's like, you. that's definitely possible. It's, it's all about dynamics within the song at that point, the instrumentation. What are you doing? Like, drop some things out, bring some things in, put some cool, fun, little ear candy in there. Like, do some different voice and, you know, vocal inflections, like cool harmonies, like all kinds of things you can do. Um. I love how you cross over different genres. Yeah, man, it's, it's, uh, I can't help myself. It's just, you know, I, like Nirvana, like how they did the, um, you know, they would say they stole it from the Pixies, but Nirvana is my example here because I didn't really listen to the Pixies, but quiet, loud, quiet, loud, like that, that's what's up. I love that. So for me, it's like reggae versus skanks and, chill and then going to these big soaring choruses you know i love that and punk rock reggae metal acoustic whatever man that's just <clears throat> anything goes and it's never forced it's just what feels right what's this need what does this song need you always got to serve the song you know and you're looking forward to the new album thank you very much i am as well it's almost finished and then we've got, uh, we got one more. We got one more here from Tony Moffitt. Really enjoyed your interview with Brandon Hardesty a while back. Uh, would be cool to hear your interview with the other Ballyhoo guys about their backgrounds, day in the life on the road and behind the scenes. Yeah, I have um, the, the episodes with the guys, you know, like when we're on the road, tend to be the more popular ones because those episodes, so th this podcast is, and I started it, it's around learning, you know, it's about education really about the music business and how this shit works and just my experiences. Um, and those episodes are just complete nonsense. It's just us bullshitting, you know, we're on tour, we got nothing else to do. You know, you tend to geek out and just be weird and it gets really silly um, and not safe for work. So definitely check out some of those episodes. I, I definitely plan to have those guys on and I definitely want to do um, like a listening party for the new record with the guys. Uh, 
Um, I'm not sure if I'll do it on my channel or the Ballyhoo channel, probably the Ballyhoo channel, but um, yeah, it's uh, definitely looking forward to it. Um, having those guys back for sure. Um, <clears throat> thank you guys so much for the questions, man. If you guys have questions, if anybody out there listening has questions, if you're on listening on Spotify, for example, swipe up on this episode and hit the, uh, check out the question and, and you can add your own, you can add your own, uh, question there for me to, for me to answer. Jeez, that was really hard to get to that sentence. Um, yeah, thank you guys very much for listening as always. Um, make sure you follow me. It's at Howie Spangler, no E and Howie, God damn it. At Howie Spangler everywhere. Um, check out my TikTok. It's not really, it's not really popping. I don't really hit it that much, but follow me anyway if you're on there. Um, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Consider becoming a good viber. It just supports me every month. You just, you know, starts at a dollar. Um, if you like what I'm doing. And yeah, just let me know what you want to hear next. Uh, let me know what videos I should be making for the YouTube channel. Uh, I'm picking up acoustic parties and then Ballyhoo's got some stuff coming up. Check out BallyRocks.com for the tour. And uh, I guess that's it. I got a bunch of work to do. I'm going to drink some more of this coffee. Mm-hmm. And uh, hope you guys have a great day, man. I got to fly to Austin tomorrow. Good times. All right, guys. Take care. Love you.